It's the Magnificently Huge Podcast, episode 32. We're talking reboots today. Hit the thing! Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome listeners to episode 32 of the Magnificently Huge podcast. My name is Brian and my friends Chris and Eric are going to join me and we're going to be talking about reboots. We want to know what's the difference between a reboot or a sequel or a remake or a modernization or whatever reimagining um we're gonna talk about it uh we've also got a whole lot of new fresh shit uh this week because it's been a couple weeks since we actually recorded uh we're doing this right before new year's eve and uh we had recorded some episodes back in december that we've been playing throughout the month of december so that we could take some time off the podcast but we're getting back on our normal schedule, and our phones are terrible. So if you hear us talking Incredible Hulk, that means uh, one person can't hear the others and is sitting there going, Incredible Hulk, which is a callback to an old episode, and uh, it won't make sense to anybody who hasn't heard that. So uh, just know that's a bit of our lore. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can find us at, on Twitter. We are at MagHuge. And on Facebook.com, we are Magnificently Huge. We're Magnificently Huge on Instagram. And you can email us, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. All right, uh, let's get into it. Uh, This is episode 32, Reboots. Hey, everybody. We're back. Ciao. We are back. (laughs) What's going on, fellas? And it's a new year where, where, where people are listening, isn't it? Well, it's a new it year. It's kind of nice. Yeah. It's uh we've we've gone over the hump or whatever they call that. Yeah, we're we're only about a week out of date uh with everything we say in this podcast for when people will first get to hear it. So, uh we're 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 almost back to normal. If yes. you want a new experience in being nervous, I suggest you start a podcast and tell everyone you work with and then occasionally have people come up to you and go, "Oh, I listened to your podcast." Because then you go, oh, Christ, which one? Which one? When I said that thing, oh, God. I don't have too many people at work who actually bothered to listen. I think it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where it's just, there's so much out there that they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right. uh, but I also think they don't want to feel embarrassed for me. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> those so, are yeah. friends. Well. Yeah. Or at least work friends, unlike you guys. But since we already do the podcast together, I don't need you to listen. That's good, because I, I only edit it. I don't actually listen to what I'm doing. It, I just kind of throw it together. No. That's, uh, that's pleasantries. I hope everybody enjoyed that. It uh, is. Good night, everybody. Okay. <laughs> good night. No. We start every episode off with uh, the fresh shit. The Hit the thing. This shit is fresh. <laughs> So this is our segment where we talk about uh, whatever content we've been consuming recently. Whatever's been rotting our brains. Um, It's been a while since we've recorded. Whatever we've been watching that you should be watching too. 
<laughs> or yeah, not watching. If you don't, you suck. Because yeah. we're we're trendsetters. We're yeah. <laughs> we're, we're movers. We're shakers. Influencers. We're, the, yeah. we're content creators. We're the vanguard. Um, we are the dreamers of the dreams. We are the mad. Well, never mind. We're making uh, America we're great three again. Gen X old dudes who are talking about movies and TV and video games. <laughs> Though my wife is convinced I'm a millennial, or at least want to be. Yeah, you're so not a millennial. Yeah, <laughs> totes. You're not even not even close. Totes, my yeah. goats. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this week, uh, it's been I don't been fairly random. Uh, I'm hoping Eric will bring this one up, so I only touch on it briefly. Uh, I watched the first 30 minutes of the Will Smith vehicle, Bright, that is on Netflix. <laughs> uh, and I summarily I turned it, it off because I was bored out of my fucking mind. Uh, I'll let Eric expound on that because I know he probably watched more of it than I did. Uh, I did finish it. Okay. <laughs> we'll have, I hate we'll to have words. That. We'll have words then. Uh, so I did that or didn't do that. Uh, I did start watching Ash versus Evil Dead, which is now on Netflix. It's the first two seasons. I watched like the first four episodes of that when it first came out, yeah. and then I trailed off. It's same here. It's fun. Uh, it's basically it would fits our our topic today because uh, it is essentially a, a reboot of sorts. And is it though? It is. It, I think it is. I think it's a sequel. I think Army of Darkness took place in that timeline. Well, this one's sort of almost a reboot, though, because it's 30 years after. Uh, they don't really mention Army of Darkness very much. Uh, I don't think you can reboot if you keep the same cast, though, because you know, unless you like recast him, isn't isn't it a continuation? Is it a soft reboot? It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's more like yeah, like a soft reboot. But at any rate, it's... Would the uh, Star Trek movies be a reboot of the original Star we'll, Trek show? We'll, we'll, oh, get, we'll into get into that. We'll get into we'll get that. Into we'll that. Into oh, yeah. Okay, uh, then. Yeah. Fresh shit. Uh, let's talk about Ash vs. Evil uh, Dead. What do you think? I'm it? enjoying it. I, I, I blazed through the first series. Uh, it's about 10 episodes. They're only about 30 minutes each, so it's really quick. But basically, instead of an hour and a half Evil Dead movie, uh, with the, the increments, you basically get like a three to four hour Evil Dead movie. Because uh, they just follow the the trail, and it's just ridiculously bloody and gory, uh, just like the movies. And Ash is still a douche, mm-hmm. and Bruce Campbell kills it and makes fun of himself quite frequently. And it's fun. I like it so far. I'm looking forward to more. Yeah, I don't know that I have anything to add to that. It's it's good if you're a fan. Yeah, if of you don't Evil like Dead. Evil Dead, then don't even bother because it's basically just more of the same. Yeah. Uh, but it's all the same people. I thought it was a little more than that. I thought that they were they were actually writing to the Bruce Campbell idiot character in a way that the movies never did, but it was really that that was almost more entertaining. Yeah. All the 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 demon slaying is in there and all that, but uh, well, the whole thing of his I don't want to say anything. Just Orlando. <laughs> gotcha. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. If you if you watch it, uh, you'll enjoy it, but only if you like Evil Dead. That's pretty much the bottom line. So I had fun. Uh, right. And then lastly, I found on Hulu, of all things, uh, a BBC show that I guess is a couple years old now. I had no idea, but it's uh, Richard Ayoade, who plays Moss on the IT crowd, uh, for anybody that watches the IT crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. And he does a travel show called travel man 48 hours in and then each 
30 minute episode is just a two day whirlwind in a city with a celebrity guest and the, huh. the does he ever get pickpocketed i don't know maybe i've only watched a couple but it, essentially it's <laughs> it's an anti-travel show he spends the whole time just being underwhelmed by everything that happens during the episode <laughs> <laughs> so it's this is awesome yeah and he's very dry uh so it's very fun to watch and as i'm i'm looking at it, i'm going holy shit i think that must be what it's like to travel with me fuck and so it's <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch so uh, I'm that way about the Grand Canyon. I, I go to the Grand Canyon. I look at it, and it's like, well, this looks like every painting of the Grand Canyon I've ever seen. <laughs> exactly. But Clark, you don't know. you want to look at the Grand Canyon? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in the first episode, they're in Barcelona, and it starts to rain. It's he sa- as he and as he's announcing it, he's saying it's like one of the the two rainy days that Barcelona has every year. So they go to a, the nearest museum, which happens to be a museum of football. And he basically just outright states that he is not a football fan and could care less. And so he spends the time just like talking about how all the trophies look the same and just whining. And he's like, let's just, we can just move this along, move this along. I'd watch it just for a British guy to say he doesn't like soccer. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? And so then they wind up in a museum for Moreau and it's kind of the same thing. He's like, "Uh, I don't know, whatever. And so it's really fun to watch a travel show where they really don't give a shit about travel at all. It's really funny. So, yeah. Uh, so it's meh, the series. Yeah. And, yeah. He's, and he's just snarky the Traveling whole time. Traveling with... <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically. Uh, so, Travel Man. Ask for it by name. And that's all, all I got. Right. That's all I got. All right. All right. Eric. Okay, I did watch Bright. Um, and it was, it wasn't enjoyable at all, but it was the kind of thing where I kept watching it to watch it get worse and it did not disappoint. So you hate watched it basically. Yeah, I did. I really did. (laughs) Okay. I need to see this thing. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I had texted Chris and said, you know, that this Jai Courtney was supposed to be the orc sidekick in this, but they cast him with that other actor who is equally bad. Yeah, Kinky, uh, Kinky right, who was and, also and is, in Suicide Squad. Right, this is, right directed this is by the same the guy. Yeah. Like, what fucking blackmail does does David Iyer have on Will Smith? Like, how is this happening? <laughs> I don't know. I think he... I, no, I have a theory on that, that he's one of those directors who, like, lets him go with all of his worst instincts. Like, you know, I think I should say this. Oh, yeah, okay, good, do it. And, you know, Will Smith likes anyone who tells him that his shit doesn't stink. That's my guess. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and that's how he gets such keen performances out of the man. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it's so... And it's, it's, you know, I saw uh, a review with the headline that just said... Um, this is the movie where Netflix proves it can make terrible big budget movies just like Disney. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Watch out, Disney. There's a new awful in town. Uh, yeah, it's just. But I, uh, and it's a $130 million budget. No. And you can see it. Yeah. And it looks it. It has, you know, money is dripping off the screen, but it's just, you know, as with uh, Suicide Squad, poorly used. So is this an attempt to establish a cinematic universe? Because it sure looks like one. They seem to have so much lore going on. Yeah, like- mm-hmm. Netflix has already uh, greenlit the sequel. So it's it's like the first streaming franchise. It's called Brighter. <laughs> yeah, Bright 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> 
Or contrast, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Brightest? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it just, it's so ridiculous because it's so overtly thud you on the head with its message. Uh, so basically, yeah. Every, so it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's like Alienation uh, was, yeah. uh, was, a, was a masterwork of, it was a masterwork of subtlety compared to this thing. It's just yeah. it's so ridiculous. I, this, this looks like Alien Nation fucked the magicians on <laughs> yeah, Sci-Fi yeah, Channel. Basically, yeah. Like, yeah. Lord, like Lord of the Rings just <laughs> shat out Alien Nation. That's what I didn't understand is Alien... You know, somebody already did it, and they did it well. I guess they are just counting on short attention spans. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're counting on... I turned on Netflix, and everything looks like shit on Netflix. Oh, but I like Will Smith. I think that's what they're counting on. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was it it was very uh, uh, alien nation. Yes. Yeah. So, did you hate watch anything else, or was it just that one? Uh, uh, well, oh, I watched the. This is no more hate watch. That was the only hate watching. I try not to hate watch things. But, okay. Yeah. You know, Good. When I do, it's just <laughs> boy, do I uh, ever. But <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, the um, uh, Dark Mirror is out. The new oh, season. Fuck, I haven't seen any of them yet. Okay, the first one, the first one, you're going to cream your jeans. It is fucking great. Is that the Trek one? The Callister? Yeah, and I don't want to say anything else, but I watched it and I was just like, this is its own show. And what I love about that series is all of the episodes are basically movies. It's not like just an anthology. There are a bunch of short, well-thought-out sci-fi movies, all of them, because of the length. No commercials, 80 minutes long. Yeah. Um, it's still good. I, That's all I'll say. I love Black Mirror. I, I, okay, so I'm a Twilight Zone fan going way on back, and uh, this is New Year's weekend, so there's like a Twilight Zone marathon going on out there. But, uh, and I, I was a big fan of the 80s revival of the Twilight Zone, but yeah, Black Mirror scratches that, that Jones for me now yeah. in a big way. And it's a lot better. It is really a lot better because they don't have the constriction of time. It's like everything takes right. exactly as long as it needs to. Twilight Zone, you got a half hour or an hour and commercial breaks. But even even now, I see still images from the Twilight Zone and I get the willies. Like something about the way that thing was photographed is just creepy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No argument. Okay. So Black Mirror, have you watched all of the new series then? No. No. I just watched that first episode. Um, okay. So that's all I'm saying. But I also, finally, I watched a movie that you'll want to watch if you enjoy zombie movies, because I still do, if there's a good one. And for the first time in a long time, I found a really good one. Uh, train to Busan is a South Korean zombie film that takes place on a train, and it's just fucking great. Um, mm. I, I, I don't think I need to tell you anything more than that. You know, I mean, there's story, there's characters, it works. Uh, zombies on not a train. Explain any of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like Snowpiercer with zombies, frankly. Um, and now they're off to England. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, really good. And they are making a a train to Basan too. I don't really know how because that train kind of you know fucking died. Um, and of course, they're making an English language version of it because that's what you do when foreigners make good films. Yeah, it's kind right. of like mansplaining to the rest of the world. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, so really, I definitely, definitely, definitely recommend Train to Busan. Cool. Okay. All right. I have a lot of fresh shit. 
because uh, uh, the kids were out of town and it was just me and the wife and we saw like all the movies. All, so, all the movies? Oh, pretty much. Uh, first, I'll just get this out of the way and just say we watched the premiere episode of a TV show called Ellen's Game of Games, which is terrible and don't watch it. It's uh, it's like a worse version of Super Sloppy Double Dare hosted by Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, the memories come flooding back. Uh. <laughs> um, we watched the Doctor Who Christmas special. Uh, Peter Capaldi is done. I don't know. I think that's probably its own show, Doctor Who, honestly. Yeah. Um, so don't, No, there is a great series idea there called <laughs> Peter Capaldi is done. And he just like rants like, no, fuck it. Fuck it. I'm done. Fuck you. Get out of my face. I would watch that. I would totally watch oh, that. Oh, that fucking Davros. What a Peter fucking. Capaldi is done. <laughs> fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fuck it. Bye. Uh, um, okay. So movies. Um, let's get into it. Uh, we saw. I mean. Saw Star Wars. We'll talk about Star Wars under some other context. I was going to say, how many times did you see Star Wars? Three. <laughs> I knew it. Ooh. I knew you were going to do at least I, two. Yeah. And it honestly does get better with a second viewing. Um, knowing what's coming, you are able to pick up on the foreshadowing that you totally missed the first time. Okay. Um, that being said, the first time without spoilers is a good ride. So I like Star it. Wars. I, I don't understand the backlash, frankly. But uh, whatever. The forces uh, we could talk about that in a spoiler cast. Yeah. They eat people. The what? Soil and green is people. They eat people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now you've ruined it. Way to ruin Star Jedi. Wars, Eric. Um. Okay. So uh, other movies. Okay. Uh, we went and saw <laughs> the Greatest Showman. <laughs> There's a sucker born every minute. Hugh Jackman and uh, Zac Efron. This is so lightweight. This is the cotton candy and peanuts of movie musicals. Um, and it's actually was the right movie. We saw it on Christmas Eve, and it's the right movie for Christmas Eve. It was big fluff ball. Um, shouldn't be taken seriously whatsoever. Reminded me of Grease. Uh, of anything? Hmm. Okay, Eric. I thought you saw this one. I did. Uh, I was going to let you fresh it, uh, and oh, okay. I will just jump in. But the, I want to say, okay, a couple things. One, I, I don't know why Zac Efron gets uh, the bad rep he gets. He just, he can't dance, you know. Uh, <laughs> he's supposed to be able to dance, and this guy twice his age was kicking his ass all over the screen. Um, oh, but they have a great number together. Um, yeah, Jackman one of the best Zac- numbers in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's set in, in a bar. bar, and the choreography involves pouring shots and doing shots and sliding them down the bar. It was really well well staged. Yeah, very creative. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of great dance numbers. It's it's a musical. It's a real musical that isn't uh, trying to be anything other than you know a good show. Uh, it's but a movie the, the musical thing, too. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's it's not an adaptation. It's not important. It's just fucking good. Um, yeah, but some of the staging is really very cinematic. They do some clever things with the camera and lighting. I think it's at its best when the director is trying to be Baz Luhrmann, because it is so Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> uh, 
but there is a like a, a shot I actually like gasped uh, when Zac Efron comes out of this door and the trapeze artist is swinging up and she's they like slow it down so that they're locking eyes it is the mm-hmm. most amazing looking moment in film i've seen all year i i just was like that was okay good. i'm in just on that one moment i'm i'm down yeah there was another a big musical number that was like the whole cast and i don't know if they shot it in multiple passes with the motion control or what but they they put some of the the circus into into like a slow motion bullet time thing but not the person who's singing who stays Mm -hmm. at full speed they did shit like that it was just really clever um anyway uh yeah don't go in expecting high art and certainly don't go in expecting historical accuracy or drama even really just if you want to see a bunch of good musical numbers Mm -hmm. you could do a whole lot worse than the greatest showman and the Jenny Lind number, that's you're gonna hear that at Oscar time. Mm-hmm. That's gonna get that best song nod because it was it was really yeah. good. All the shine of a thousand spotlights, all the stars we steal from the night sky will never be enough. Never be enough. Towers of gold are still too little. These hands could hold. Actually, actually, it was it was a musical that used pop music as its basis, not yeah. Broadway music. Yeah. Yes, that's really that's actually a really good point. So yeah, I guess uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I think I was capping on it pretty bad in the year in review uh, episode, saying, "Oh God, I don't want to see it," and I went and saw it, and I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised. Well, I would just like to know how how quiet I've been this entire segment. So. Well, that's because you didn't see these movies. It's not so. my not my thing. All right, Chris, did you see The Shape of Water? I haven't. Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water. I haven't yet. No. Still want to. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will say this about it: it is in the top five movies of all time about fucking fish. For sure. <laughs> okay, but Finding Nemo is still number one. Brian has set that bar. <laughs> I think you should be warned that there is fish fucking in this movie. Number two is Splash. I don't want to spoil it. Um, I think that I would probably need to watch it several more times. Yeah, Splash is definitely in the top five fish fucking movies. I'm pretty sure. Ooh, wait but, a minute. Okay, are but you this saying, one has actual boobies in it. Are you Are you saying talking top five movies about... Uh, uh, you know, fish. Wow, lots of fish. Or are you talking about sexual intercourse with fish? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking, talking fish. about sexual intercourse with fish. Sexual congress. Damn, with dude, fish. I can't even think of five movies about fucking fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm fairly yeah. confident this is in the top five. <laughs> wow. Anyway, no, um, it's good. The water is a metaphor for many things. Um, I'll not spoil it, but uh, okay. it's not exciting. It's it's more of a Pan's Labyrinth style Guillermo del Toro film. Okay, because um, his last couple, I just really, I I want him to get back to stuff like this because Pacific Rim and that whatever Crimson Peak or whatever. It's just come on, yeah. come on, yeah. man, come on. It, he very clearly intended everything in this movie to be the way it is. Okay, yeah. and um, it is. It's got surprises in it, and fish fucking. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But question though, the shape of the shape of water, it's oblong, right? 
Um, it takes many shapes, as it turns out. It's oblong. Yeah, yeah really. but, the, but the answer in the movie, it's oblong. Really, right? it's just the, uh, <laughs> the the shape of water. Go for the film, like the mise-en-scene, uh, but stay for the fish fucking. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well... I don't know. I would say stay for the fish. I say endure the fish fucking. <laughs> endure as all, as really movie. only you could possibly do. You really just have to endure it. <laughs> it's not anything fun. It's just you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. And finally, I have seen Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Yay! Which fits in um, this episode as well. Uh, so good mm. show. Good no, show. it's a sequel. Okay. It is not a reboot. It is a sequel. Okay. In, in that the board game uh, gets discarded by a kid in 1996 who's like, nobody plays board games anymore and transmogrifies itself into a video game and then sucks people in. What can I say about this movie? All right. It is, I mean, it is the movie that you think it is. You know, if you've seen the trailer, you pretty much know what's on the tin. Okay. Um, the biggest surprise in this movie the the best part of it is jack black playing a teenage girl in jack black's body um (laughs) he's remarkably understated in this role um possibly my favorite thing i've seen jack black do in a long time and the best scene is uh karen gillen how do you pronounce her last name she was amy pond i just think of her i think it was gillen gillen i think it's a i think it's gillen yeah um, there's a scene where Jack Black is trying to teach Amy Pond how to flirt, and Amy Pond is very bad at it. And um, that is hilarious. Uh, Karen Gillan gets a lot of good comedy chops in on this one. Yay. Um, so, yeah, it's as a jungle adventure movie, it's kind of lacking. Even as a video game come to life, it's actually fairly unimaginative. But as a fish-fucking movie, how does it stand up? <laughs> um, you know, there isn't much fish-fucking in Jumanji. Yeah. Welcome to the Jungle. It's more like top 20. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's all the fresh shit I can, I can stand uh, this week. Okay, so the theme this week is reboots, um, and I want to just kind of talk about them as a concept. Like, I want to explore what the difference is between a reboot, a remake, and a sequel. Um, so the first question I will ask uh, about about this is just, why is Batman Begins a reboot, but Batman Forever is not? Discuss. Uh, well, which one was Batman Forever? That was Batman on Val Kilmer. Was the Val Kilmer one. And Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Uh, it was the first Joel Schumacher. It's because they still kept some of the continuity from the, the Burton ones. Whereas, it, like, a reboot basically... In what way? What, what continuity was kept? Uh, they kept all of the Gotham City bullshit. Uh, they kind of kept the same design. Uh, I mean, they kept Pat Hingle and uh, Alfred, but other than that, it was pretty much a different design. I'd even say it was well, wildly well for me. It's weird. It, it, I think it might have been because it was still uh, um, uh, Goober Peters, wasn't it? I mean, it was the same money. Yeah, and Burton was still involved. And Tim Burton was involved. Like if they if they had made that third that Batman Forever or no Dark Knight Rises with a different director and a different Batman, but it had still had the same money, they would say, no, no, this is a continuation. And in fact, they've, I think that's what they tried with 
uh, Batman Five Superman was to say that this was a continuation <laughs> of that world. Oh, you no, mean no, you, you have mean, to say the whole time that is Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice, uh, or as a friend yeah, of mine yeah. called it when it was coming out, Super Face Punch. That was the the subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> and and if I was a woman and I was going to become a porn star today, my porn name would be Donna Justice. Donna Justice. <laughs> if that isn't an actual porn star, I'm disappointed. <laughs> well, for me, it's uh, if it's a continue, it's a reboot. Basically, just it's it's almost like a a start from scratchy kind of thing. You have the basic concept, but you pretty much just discard any of the existing continuity. And then just do okay. a whole new story uh, without any regard for what came before. Uh, essentially, so is that a remake or a reboot? Like, that, is the a, fly in the eighties a remake or a reboot? Is is the thing a remake or a reboot? Because there was a thing those, before. Those, there was a those, fly before. Yeah, but those are remakes. Those aren't continuations. Those are basically taking the same story and just reworking it for the modern era. Whereas with a reboot, those seem to work more for things like franchises, like, say, Casino Royale with James Bond or whatever, where you take that existing character, but then you you change everything around and you don't really acknowledge all of the stuff that came before. Bond's kind of a shaky example because more or less every actor is a reboot because they don't really talk much about the stuff that came before. Well, uh, yeah, but for so things can like you really reboot Bond, or is everyone just sort of its its own standalone thing? I think it's all about money. I think uh, again <laughs> that these these terms reboot uh, and prequel and uh, what's the other one we're talking about? Um, remake, remake, um, remakes. Well, yeah, remakes have been around for a while, but it, it's always really about okay, we're we've got a property and we've got to find a way to juice it again. And like yeah. I'd never even heard of franchises until the Tim Burton Batman. And, you know, they, they, it's like they weren't even trying to hide that they were being gross about it. It's a franchise. It's like, you know, Taco Bell. Well, I mean, um, Star Wars is a franchise. Like, like Spider-Man, that one, they, they did said, okay, we're doing a reboot because it's moved to, you know, because we don't want to let go of the rights. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're doing another <laughs> Spider-Man but it's because Marvel is now doing Spider-Man. But it's, there's, yeah, if you, if you think of the, the way comic books work, they, they retcon all the time. They have one-off stories all the time, but they don't, they're not remaking it and they're not rebooting it. They're just yeah. telling a different story. But with a film, there's, you know, there's cash involved. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, um, I think Bond is always the same only because it's, again, always the Broccoli production company and when they did the the whole this this new round of bonds they said reboot because they wanted to free themselves of all the dead weight of that series yeah right well bond is interesting too because when you had connery come back for never say never again it (laughs) it was a it was basically that was a a straight up remake of thunderball because it was the only one that he owned the rights to so that gets even weirder Mm -hmm. to me yeah so it's basically just an update and i think that that's the other side of the coin. If you look at remakes, it's it's essentially just a, a retelling of the same story, but they've just made tweaks and updates for a contemporary right. audience. So that's I like guess a modernization. Yeah, which so is why like I think was a like the, the fly last and, year, right? Yeah, <laughs> but for like things like the fly or the thing that you brought up, I think those are just straight up remakes because they're not trying to uh, take it in a new direction. I guess. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not really explaining it. So you, well you, when you talk about direction, though, it's it's not, or continuity. It sounds like you're talking about things that have to have like some kind of series, like more than one. Yeah, that's so to I me. Wanna, I want to call out a an obvious or a, a weird case, right? So let's talk. There was Fantastic Four, and Ugh. then they made another Fantastic Four, and then they rebooted that because neither there was of a which were terribly made, fantastic. It should be right, noted. and then they made Fantastic <laughs> a couple years ago, yeah. and. Every everyone expects now they're going to reboot Fantastic Four again because uh, Disney's buying Fox. Yeah. But the Fant Four stick has no continuity to reboot. It would just be a remake, or would it? Or is it still a reboot? I don't even know because there's only been one in that continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, well, with a remake, I always consider a remake something you do because the last person fucked it up you know it's like we, we got to remake this because obviously the the last go round just didn't work and i don't quite understand i mean a star is born is the same story every 20 years when they remake it <laughs> a, a star is born it doesn't need improving but they like to update it for the culture yeah. right and i i think I, I hope they don't make another Fantastic Four, because I think the lesson there is, okay, two different groups with two different piles of money and a lot of best intentions couldn't make that, that piece of shit work, so don't try. There's it's no way the interesting Marvel Cinematic property. Universe people aren't going for it. Yeah. There's just no way. Well, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that well rem- they got to change their expectations then. Well, that reminds me of, uh, what was it, 97 or 98, when Gus Van Zant did the shot-for-shot Psycho. I mean, he yeah, basically took seconds like a remake. So, but is it a remake or is it a reboot? I don't know. But no, it's. it's I think that's a Xerox. It's yeah. It's a really uh, ill-advised uh, exercise, and, and it's just I could not uh, figure out for the life of me what the fuck he was trying to do. I okay. I think I get where you're going. Uh, I I think I think a reboot is a remake, but with the expectation that it's going to make more. Yeah, you know, there's going to be more movies following it. Yeah. I mean, if oh. I'm following that logic okay. with Psycho, because Psycho, yeah, that's a remake. Uh, it's a reboot, though, if you're remaking it for the sake of making Psychos 2 through 5 again. Yeah. So, like Ghostbusters, when okay. they redid that one, that's a reboot, not a remake, even though it's almost mm. a remake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It gets, well, it gets really it, sticky. Yeah. Um, so... So let's talk about Spider-Man here because Spider-Man's an interesting case of a reboot being unjustified and yet justified at the same time. <laughs> um, so, and, and I want to kind of get into what justifies a reboot. Is it a timing thing? Is it a technology thing? You know, like the the amazing Spider-Man movies, uh, I think, was the reboot nobody wanted. And then they just aborted that and did Homecoming and put it in, in the MCU. And that's a reboot everybody was cool with. Yeah. But they sure didn't let the body get cold on that shit. <laughs> well, well, and that's a weird one, too, because that could parlay into, like, the Planet of the Apes that are out now. Because Burton's... Well, I would it, suggest that the Planet of the Apes is a prequel and not a reboot. Well, but I would, I would almost say it's Which a reboot one? because the, the Tim Burton one, they tried to, to do it. And that was that was a hard that was a reboot reboot because it was that just was a straight reboot up that failed. and it and it failed miserably right. and I think they went back to the drawing board and then did the the prequel thing like you say if it reignites a franchise then it could conceivably be considered a reboot 
Uh, it's like where do you where you draw the line? It's like how pedantic yeah. do you get with yeah. the the definition? And really, what is the purpose of retelling a story that that already exists? except to change it for your audience you know like like yeah. people today might not watch the original planet of the apes and get it so you change it for our sensibilities i think that that tim burton one was just how how cool were those old films i'm going to pay homage to them that's why it didn't work but then you watch that uh the thing with um oh boy what's his name disaster artist uh franco uh, oh james franco. pineapple express the james franco one that first one is so smart and they said yeah that's what people will respond to yeah is an intelligent uh, uh view of this series not just monkeys shooting guns so eric i agree with you i think it is i think it is down to the audience um and that's it's really just is the audience hungry for a different take on this character I mean, if you think about like children's cartoons reboot shit all the fucking time, like every couple of years, mm, Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles has been rebooted as a cartoon. I don't even know how many times Batman or the Batman or, or DuckTales Bat- or whatever. <laughs> DuckTales. Right. Like, yeah. So, I love, so, I love the, 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 the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as opposed to Batman, you know, yeah. the Batman. No, no, no. It's not you. It's I. There's like some kind of weird distinction, just like comic books and graphic novels. It's not. Yeah. It's not a Batman. It's the. Yeah. Batman. Well, there was Batman the animated series, but it was actually rebooted a bit, sort of, with Batman yeah. and the Adventures of Batman and you Robin. You got your Batman or, Beyond. Yeah, you got your Batman by Gaslamp. You got your Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, but but yeah, I think it's down to the audience. But um, that raises a question for me: is are there some series that are reboot proof? Like, could could you foresee a future where Harry Potter gets rebooted? I think. Oh would, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, do. Totally. But I would I would have to give it some time. You have to let all of these kids that oh, yeah, grew up it, with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have you have. Uh, the kids who enjoyed the books who then have their own kids who tell their kids about this great Harry Potter thing and then they do it all over again but they're going to do it not just a remake they're going to do it in a new medium like yeah. a Netflix show where every season yeah. is a year yeah. at Hogwarts I think I think Harry Potter is like the Wizard of Oz in that it's there's no point in trying uh, and I think it's so here's my hypothesis it's it's got to do with the setting being timeless I mean, Harry Potter, yes, okay, there are the scenes in modern London, but really it all takes place in the Wizarding World. And I think it's the same reason why Star Wars doesn't make sense to reboot Star Wars, or even The Godfather, which is set in a specific period of time, Mm. in a specific historical context. So I don't see why anybody would reboot The Godfather. Maybe a reboot is something you do because the property, as we're going to call it, uh, has lost momentum. It's like you wouldn't reboot Star Wars because they got it right and it's moving like gangbusters. There's no reason to do it all over again. What if it's just lost relevance because it's become dated and we need to modernize it? We need to update it for modern audiences. I, I only caught half of that, sorry. Uh, okay, one more time. Um, <laughs> I was suggesting that um, the, the, the thing that justifies God a reboot... Damn it, my phone. <laughs> Ah, I was suggesting the thing that justifies a reboot is if the old version of it has somehow become dated, uh, either culturally or technologically, and it needs uh, a fresh coat. So like Buck Rogers Mm -hmm. or Flash Gordon? Yeah. 
Maybe it's because George Lucas was the guy running the show when they made the 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 first three. You know, he owned the rights to his own thing forever and ever. So nobody could fuck with it. They probably would have rebooted it if he would, you know, just died. Uh, he goes and he makes another Star Wars, but they're prequels. I hate that word. And <laughs> he, he determines that if you're going to do more Star Wars, you have to keep it in that canon. And so that's why we're not rebooting it. I mean, that's my only guess. But that, but also brings up a, an interesting point with J.J. Abrams, who took over and yes. did Force Awakens, which in my mind, when I see it, and I've only watched it like twice, uh, and I'm still annoyed thinking about it, but it's almost, well, not a shot-for-shot remake, but it's essentially just the first Star Wars just yeah. all yeah. over again. It's every... It's basically the same story arc, yeah, yeah with a a big planet thing that blows up planets, yeah, and you can uh, we get away go with there that. And blow it up, and you can get mm. away with that in Star Wars because George Lucas was so busy cribbing from himself, yeah. the previous five <laughs> movies, yeah, that it just plays thematically as Star Wars. But at the, but at the same time, J.J. Abrams is also the one who was part of the. Uh, rebooting sort of the of Star, Star Trek, Star Trek and he did was the same bullshit. Let's just pull all the DNA out of the original Star Trek yeah. and and no 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 no. Let me pull that back. That's another thing. When people say it has the same DNA as they're they're <laughs> lying to you. That's their way of saying mm-hmm. this is nothing like that thing you know. But I'm going to use a word to suggest that somehow we give yeah. a fuck about that. It's it's just the same kind of story elements. But nothing original. It's just a veneer. Except for occasionally the Beastie Boys. I want to focus on J.J. Star Trek for a second here because I'm not sure if it's a reboot or a sequel or both. Um, You know... (laughs) What, the Abrams one? According to its lore, yeah, according to its lore, the events of this timeline follow from old Spock going back in time. So it's kind of a sequel. That's just a... That's just yeah, it's a, a splinter. Bunch of, yeah. It's 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 kind of like uh, whatever Deep Space Nine was. It's it's just a splinter from the origin story, but yeah, it's it's still it's, not very good. It's a reboot because had basically three chances to yeah. impress me, and so far nothing. <laughs> Q sabotage. <laughs> I mean, it is a reboot because they wanted to go back to those characters and recast them. Yeah. And ultimately, so, okay, interesting comparison with the J.J. Trek and the J.J. Star Wars, right? Like, with his second Star Trek, you know, in the first Star Trek reboot, he'd set himself up for like, okay, and now we are totally done with the continuity. We do not need to satisfy any continuity nerds. Fuck you guys. And then he immediately starts to make a movie that is all tied up in continuity. Yeah. Um. In the second, uh, Kelvin timeline Trek piece of shit movie. That's because that's mm. because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Let's just be honest about and this. And so, <laughs> Eric, what I can tell you about Star Wars: The Last Jedi, without spoiling it, is that Ryan Johnson made this movie. I think as a giant fuck you to J.J. Abrams. And I hope that, that helps <laughs> yeah. you enjoy it. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, in that case, I'm on board. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but interesting about J.J. Abrams too, because we we got we've got Trek and Star Wars. But let's not forget Mission Impossible Three as well. That was a floundering series, and then he came in and juiced it, and then now we've got like Mission Impossible Seven or whatever's coming out now. 
but he had a hand in that too. And right. it's the same thing. He's just reworking the same bullshit uh, into just something slightly more, uh, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, but it's still the same old recycled junk. He just puts a good glossy sheen on it. I don't understand why he mm. manages to, to be a power broker uh, in that regard. Cause he just, he, all this stuff is so soulless to me. It's just, ugh. Yeah. Well, he's, he's the spiritual uh, uh, prodigy of Spielberg. And, you know, we're not going to have Spielberg around much longer, so we need a new one. Oh, and no. he, Spielberg was he one craps out blow mold. So much better. <laughs> he, 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 he produces the same blow mold plastic bullshit, you know? It's. <laughs> I, I am I just guess. not looking forward to J.J. Abrams hitting his uh, period of, I need to make things for my son. You know, I need to. <laughs> I, I need to like crank out historical dramas that are hilariously, you know, underthought. Yeah. Yeah. The color maroon. That'll be coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll he'll do like historical yeah. or, like he'll do Roosevelt, or, but it'll be about Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> and it'll suck. John Quincy Adams explaining to a, a man of color why slavery is bad. That one, I think, was an all-time low. Uh, really? Really? Slavery? You know what? Now that you put it that way, Mr. Uh, Adams, it does sound pretty bad. I mean, that was awful. Uh, so, yeah. So, so, there's that. I have, a, I have a reboot question for Eric. How many different reboots of The Punisher have there been? Oh, um, well, let's see. There's the one with, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Thomas Rocky Jane. Four. Uh, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, that was, Dolph Dolph, that was the first one. Yeah, didn't you have a drinking game with that one? Oh, we tried. We, we tried to make it to where anytime you had a confirmed <laughs> kill on screen, you had to take a drink. And then about three quarters of the way through, he's sneaking into the ninja stronghold. And then guys are coming at him left and right. And he's just laying waste. And it's like, we just like, said, now nah, fuck it. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like at one poisoning. point, there's a room full of ninjas just standing there. And he guns them all down <laughs> yeah, with an M60 yeah, yeah. in one setting. And oh, fuck this. Yeah, yeah we're done. And and then there's the Thomas Jane one, uh, which was just laughably stupid because didn't he get they, more than one? No, was Warzone also uh, Thomas Jane. No, Warzone no, was uh, no, that was that was then the guy from uh, the Rome uh, TV and, show. And in, um, he's in Thor. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there was that one, which was better in that it actually had the violence. The Thomas Jane one, they like. I think they were trying to make it a friendly kind of not anti-hero movie because they thought the actual violence of the punisher would turn people off but you know all it did was turn everybody well, off that and it, it was just sort of a it also suffered from having travolta play the baddie uh and it was just yeah just fucking horrible i guess they rebooted it uh i'm not sure what that is i it might actually have just been a standalone you know that that in no way took into account the thomas jane movie because they never reference it except for you know uh frank castle's own history yeah um but they didn't say that frank castle was a cop uh they didn't say he was you know they didn't say anything he just ran around killing people and i think that made it better <laughs> <laughs> and then the show uh, yeah the last and then one of course the there's series? the netflix series which is probably the best treatment of the punisher anyone's ever going to get and i it does make me think for the more complex comic storylines doing it as a series is just better yeah Agreed. 
I think it's probably better for a lot of things. I think a lot of uh, Stephen King novels get made into bad movies because they don't have the time. And we're talking about, you know, these Stephen King books are thick enough to stop a bullet. And yet somehow you expect to cover all that ground in 80 minutes. Mm, yeah, I don't I know think, why The Dark Tower wasn't the an HBO series. Stand needs a series. Yeah, agreed. Okay, I only had one right other on? question about reboots, uh, which was, what's your favorite? What's your favorite reboot? Ooh. Favorite and what reboot. makes it good? Hmm. Hmm. That's a tough one. Questions. I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I'll go know. First. I was going to have to know um, stuff. God I'll, damn it. I'll say uh, Batman Begins. Um, because mm. I think that it was possibly the best Batman movie. And, and yes, I'm including The Dark Knight in that. I would agree. Um, I think it had a, a very strong sense of structure. Uh that mm. didn't seem to be present in the other Nolan Batmans from my perspective. So yeah, it was kind agree. of two movies. Like there's mm. the, there's a shot that you can really tell. I'm going to pick one that's going to be controversial, but oh. I, I hope that you'll bear with me. Uh, 1980s uh, Superman. The movie was a reboot. It was a reboot okay. of the serials and the TV shows. And it was probably the first time comic book characters were taken seriously. And I think it kind of paved the way for everything we're watching now. And it was 1978. 78? I thought it was 80. No, no. Oh, okay. 78. Yeah. I, I stand corrected. <laughs> okay. Not, not to be <laughs> picky, but yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Thanks. Was Superman Returns, was that a sequel or a reboot? That was a reboot. That's a very good question. That's a re-reboot. Because <laughs> they, they, they acted like everything from their history was Superman the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But not Superman's three or four, maybe. Like, it's one yeah, of those. No. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it discounted. But that one was hampered by the yeah. fact that they just turned Superman into a creepy stalker. Uh, and that kind of turned me off yeah. a little bit. So, I don't really... I count that along the lines of, like, the Fantastic Four or the Amazing Spider-Man and all that shit. It's sort of eh, meh. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but yeah. did we give you enough time to think of a reboot, Chris? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, mm. Ooh, uh, I, is I, that I, a reboot? Was that a reboot? I think it's a reboot of sorts uh, because you've got the recast uh, and the continuity is so fucking weird. It's like it's it's a continuation, but it's not. Uh, I mean, they never really get explicit because it's like his his tr- his car got totally fucked and fucking wrecked in Road Warrior, and then in Thunderdome he's got the camels and the train, and then at the beginning of this one he's got his car back, uh, and then it gets wrecked again, and then he's gonna go leave with the car. I mean, the continuity is really f- just all over the place, and so I think it was set or in the world. Could it have been a story inside of you know some that took place somewhere between one and two or between two and three or something like that? Uh I mean they never go get explicit about it. But for me, it's it's a reboot because I think you also have to look at the amount of time between movies, and so this was uh, what almost thirty years uh, between from Thunderdome to this one. Uh, I think that right. factors in for me. Uh, but it's an all new cast. Uh, it's the same world. It's the same director and everything, but it's just, he, he kind of just tweaked his world, got a better budget and just cranked everything up to 30. Uh, and I just, I really, I really really think of these more like Bond films or like they're legends of Max of the desert or whatever that are being told by people 
that there isn't necessarily a, a need for there to be a continuity. I would I almost picked Casino Royale as my favorite reboot, by the way, because it was really good, but it sent us down a really stupid path with Bond continuity. That well, and it's weird too with. because it's uh, the one book that Broccoli didn't do, and so they just had it kicking around, and then they're like looking mm. for a property, like, oh, well, we haven't done this one. I mean, they did it with David Niven, sorta, but that was that's not really mm. official canon. <laughs> didn't that, did they not have the rights to it? For a while there, I thought that was part of it. Was like Broccoli didn't have the rights to Casino. Yeah, Royale. it was like a like a weird thing. I think, yeah, I think also like part of the problem really though is how do you make Casino Royale in the Bond universe when he, he's you know a, a, a young punk who doesn't know what he's doing and really gets almost tortured to death. Yeah, you you need to reboot it if you're going to do Casino Royale. Yeah. I, I figured that was a smart choice for a reboot. Agreed. It was. It was. Really I wonder if good. they'd always been planning that. Ah, uh, that's a good if question. If we need to redo this, we'll just. Yeah. <laughs> and it is really the best of the Bond films because it, it, it has more than two acts. It's more than just there's a problem. <laughs> I got to go blow things up. Yeah. No more problem. So that's really all I've got. Any any other thoughts about reboots? So there's two things that I wanted to to just touch on loosely, uh, and they're fairly quick. So the the first one is because we've been talking about movies, but we didn't really address TV shows uh, that got reboots. Uh-huh. Uh, and top of the list for me uh, is the Battlestar Galactica. Fuller House. Oh, <laughs> that's that's on the list too. Don't don't worry, that's on the list. Uh, Whore House. Fuller House. Fuller House. Where it's the oh uh, oh oh oh, yeah. oh okay. But uh, no Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Let's do this. Um, so that one, to me, is a fairly strong example of uh, mm. expanding the property and making it better. Uh, and that, <laughs> that, to me, is definitely a reboot because they basically chucked Lauren Green and all that stuff uh, and then brought in... I have thought this for a long time and wondered, is it a reboot or is it a sequel? Because th- these things have all happened before and these things will all happen again. <laughs> I know, they bring yeah, that you know, up. Like, uh, like, did they... Did they yeah, like yeah, yeah. travel to Earth? They got to Earth in the old one, and then they, you know, it's like, are they really <laughs> new? Well, that's a fair question. They don't really would, answer it, but okay. I would still call it a reboot. I it was definitely a reboot, as far as I'm concerned, because the Cylons were so radically different. And I just have to call it out and say, I really wish that when they decided to say, you know, there's the final five that they had actually thought about who the final five were at that point in time instead of what they clearly did, which was just make shit up and then try to assign each new reveal to, like, the least likely character they could think of for dramatic impact. Like, it was <laughs> it was so clearly bum, bum, bullshit. Yeah. Well, there you have it. I, I think it's also worth pointing out that BSG was a big deal at the same time that Lost was a big deal, and they didn't have an ending in mind either. Yeah. I think that it's sort of a a theme. We we know that this shit's important, but oh my god, we didn't think of this. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't think far enough in advance of how to end it. And Heroes was a contemporary of that, yeah. and the same. Well, problem. it's it's the J.J. Abrams yeah. effect. It's the mystery box. It's like, well, we'll figure it out god later, J.J. We'll figure it out later. Who gives a shit? It's it's cool. There's a polar bear in the jungle. There's a polar bear in the jungle. Uh, So yeah. So Battlestar Galactica. uh, But there's some that I totally forgot, and these are like mid mid two thousands. They came out briefly and flamed hard. They brought back Knight Rider briefly, and that thing was awful. I tried to watch that. Uh, Uh, 
they, no. they Hasselhoff was actually involved, right? <laughs> no, I don't know. Was he? I don't remember. I thought he was like Christ. I, I don't thought know. that they had like Michael Knight as some kind of oh, could, entity in that. Oh, could be. Thing. All I'm going to say is that a supercar with AI is really neat in 1982, <laughs> but in 2007, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and then they also did Bionic Woman. That was fucking awful. Uh, oh, that's right. They yeah. did try to do that. Yeah. yeah. And it was just they, For like eight minutes. Yeah. They didn't know what they were doing. Uh, I forgot this. I they, still think there's there's definitely a good six billion dollar man show that they could make or something now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that one's kick, like that one gets have kicked him around. Jacking into internet and hacking shit and being like cyberpunky Johnny Mnemonic. And yeah. as long and as they as lo- as long as they bring back Sasquatch, I'll be happy. Uh, yeah, I want Bionic Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have to wait for Chris Pratt's career to allow him to do TV. Uh, of course, well, one day. But I also forgot that uh, uh, they did a a revival of Dragnet with Ed, Ed O'Neill uh, that I totally oh, forgot yeah, about. I remember that too. Uh, which oh god! And yeah. then they and then at one point they more brought, evidence of why you should leave some things alone. Yeah, and then they brought back Ironsides for some unknown reason and cast Blair Underwood. Yeah, like, God, I remember all these. Yeah, now. and it's like what? The, and I I had to look them up because I was like I have no idea what what was on. Uh, and then I saw the list. I'm like, oh shit! I actually watched one or two of these. Good lord! Uh, I'm, I remember with Ironsides going, who the fuck is like like waiting like by the phone to watch you know to hear from Ironsides? <laughs> yes. It's like I really want to uh, see a reboot of Room 222 while we're at yeah. it. You know, as long as we're talking about shows that nobody fucking remembers at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then on the flip side, you've got the the new ones now, Fuller House, which is getting attention, and then they've also got Hawaii Five O, which is on like its eighth season now, which is just oh, yeah. gob gobsmackingly weird to me that that's happening. Uh, and then and Will and Grace is back on NBC. Yeah, Will and Grace, something. and then uh, MacGyver has also returned, which is just strange uh, in and of itself. Big hits, I might add. Uh, so those are some of the weird shows and remakes that uh, the TV has uh, thrust upon us. And then I found a whole list of of uh, remakes or reboots, whatever you want to call them, that uh, nobody's going to fucking remember in another like five years. Uh, Pretty much anything by Platinum Dunes, you can almost guarantee that no one's going to give a shit about. And that's all like the Nightmare on Elm Street. What's that? That's the Michael Bay's oh. production company. And they did oh, all like the... Platinum Dunes. Oh, yeah. So it's, yeah. So Nightmare on Elm Street and... Uh, oh, God, whatever else they did. Teen- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They brought that one back with the turtles that look like weird giant burn victims. Uh, that was a real turnoff. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, there's those, but I'm just looking at like all Marvel. the '80s stuff. Which one? No, just I'm just puking over here. Yeah, but I mean they did they <laughs> they've I mean they they've redone Poltergeist, Red Dawn, Point Break, Footloose, Karate Kid, Total Recall, uh, Fright Night, The Hitcher, Flatliners. I mean, it's just this endless parade of and movies. Every like, one of them yeah. sucks. Yeah, they all tanked, which is, and they keep making yeah. them. That's what I don't get. So that's the the dark side of the reboot remake debate. Uh, it's because they have they don't have a guarantee, but they have a better chance of a return than you know not knowing. Yeah, it's like it's. But what's funny, of course, is that the the numbers are actually against them if they look at how how often these things don't fucking work. Yeah, 
Well, and that's, yeah, okay, that thing has a built-in success record, but that, you know, redoing these things never seems to work unless it's a superhero movie. Yeah. Or when you try to do, like, uh, The Mummy, where they try to build that extended universe, and then it tanks. Oh, and that so, was funny. So basically, that's that's like four planned movies that just fell on their faces because the mummy just came out of the I, gate stillborn. I tell you what, you know, you know what I'm looking forward to the most with the dark universe, dark. What are they calling it? It's dark dead. Cinematic it's dead. universe. Yeah, it's dead. But dark. I'm looking forward to the movie about the dark cinematic universe where somebody goes, no, no, no. This is a really great idea. <laughs> okay, well, that's that That's that Bob Orkey guy, right? Or is it the other guy Tom who Cruise, wrote Transformers? Tom Cruise, he's back box office gold. You know, that Nazi movie he made. Uh, these, these are the, the guys that wrote money. Transformers. It was Bob Orkey and who was the what other guy? Need, I don't know. What we need is care, a scene where he... Yeah, they we need to see more. Can you guys not hear me? Is that what's going on? Am I incredible hulking? <laughs> uh, occasionally. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm hearing some fluttering on the line. I just assumed my phone was shit. I, no, I never I'm having even a bad call. Consider hold, everyone so. else might have. Bad. That's okay. Uh, no, Kurtzman. Yeah, somebody. Alex Kurtzman and and Bob Orkey, Those two guys. Uh, and they were responsible for the bad Spider-Man reboot, and then they went on to do the Dark Universe, and they wrote all those shitty Transformers movies. How do these guys keep getting work? Whose fucking blackmail do they have? <laughs> Fuck them. I don't know. Maybe they, uh, yeah. maybe they came up with the idea of uh, fucking fish, and then they wrote the they <laughs> wrote Star Trek too. The yeah. JJ Star Trek. Ugh. Oh god, yeah. they're in you have with to- JJ. That's why. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you listen to the James Bonding podcast where they go through all of the James Bond movies, they have this great similar bitch about. I can't remember their names, but the guys who wrote most of the Bond movies for the last 20 years, and they always suck, and they always get hired again. Maybe it's like uh, um, they audition well. They, they, they pitch a good idea, and then they write just, you know, sloth. Or maybe they're not trusted, and the producers always bring on somebody to clean up their work, and it just makes it, just neuters it. I don't know, but considering the lineage of films we're talking about they all suck really yeah. bad yeah inconsistently so i don't know well it puts me in mind because this is uh, the first thing i thought of when when we were talking about doing this show about reboots slash remakes whatever we're gonna call it and do you either of you remember it was late 70s marty feldman made a movie uh and he actually called it the last remake of bo jest and that <laughs> that to me just sums it all up i'm like that's the ballsiest thing i have ever seen and to this date i don't think anybody has made another bo jest movie so they have not proved him wrong and i love that <laughs> so that's that's what it made me think of so you're welcome Okay, listeners, well, whatever Chris and Eric are saying, I'm no longer listening to them because my phone is cut out and I can't hear them, so I'm just going to cut the episode off here and say thanks for listening. Uh, If you want to contact us, again, you can find us at Twitter at MagHuge at Facebook.com slash MagnificentlyHuge and on Instagram, we're MagnificentlyHuge, or you can email MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. 
Hope you liked the episode. Please share it with uh, your social feed. Spread the love. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time on the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Well, I've been thinking about